Section 23 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 3. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Brian Keenan. Sabbath 13. I preached at St. George's upon 2 Peter 1, 12-14. At the Academy, I spoke on James 5, 7, 8. Many of the preachers were already in the city for conference. In the sitting of conference we had so much irregular, desultory work that we went on slowly. We had sixty-three members present for traveling, besides those to be received in locations, and as supernumerary and worn out. Dr. Koch's letter was answered by a committee of ten preachers. Monday 21. Conference rose. Of seventy-six preachers stationed, all appeared to be pleased but two or three. But neither they nor anyone else can know the difficulties I had to encounter in the arrangement of the stations. Brother Watcote was left very ill at Dover. Perhaps he is dead. Eight deacons and six elders were ordained. I preached three times. I hope many souls will be converted in consequence of the coming together of this conference. Having had great peace in the societies, and sound, sure preaching three times a day. New Jersey, Tuesday, 22. We came to Gloucester Point and on to Carpenter's Bridge. Here we have a Quaker Methodist meeting house. I preached upon 2 Peter 1, 4. Heavy as I was, I had some openings. I visited my old friends Thomas and Margaret Taper. At Sharptown on Wednesday, no appointment. I walked to the meeting house. In the burying ground I saw the graves of some of the faithful. Amongst these, that of John Vanneman, once a traveling preacher. We rode to John Frith's Salem. No appointment. Thursday, 24. We returned to William Dilks's. Friday, 25. Except a few wandering thoughts, I feel great peace and holiness to God in my soul. I preached at Bethel upon Romans 12, 1, 2. We lodged at Daniel Bates's. I spoke upon 1 Corinthians 10, 12, 13. We had a ride of 35 or 40 miles today. Sunday 27. I preached at Burlington once more. My subject was 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, etc. The characters to whom repentance is essentially necessary. The unawakened the unfaithful, the backslidden, the repentance of believers, the consciousness of indwelling sin, improved by faith and prayer, is productive of holiness. The gracious will of God is to furnish means, men, and opportunities, because he is not willing that any should perish until they have a suitable trial. The coming of the Lord was his judicial appearing to say, Depart ye cursed, or, if understood as some judicial displays of his wrath, his coming will not be the less certain because of delay. For one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day with the Lord. Monday 28. I spoke at New Mills on 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I visited Richard Swain. There were several preachers and some others present, and the Lord's Supper was partaken. Tuesday 29. 
I preached at Mount Zion in the woods, near a little town called Egypt. We dined at Fuller Horner's and rode on to Stephen Bricklow's. We have made nearly forty miles today. I enjoy great evenness of mind and life in my labors. Wednesday 30. I preached at Lower Freehold. I came home with Simon Pyle. Ah, what a death there is in the Leonard family! Thursday, May 1. I breakfasted with Throckmorton. His loss is his gain. He has lost his birthright as a citizen of the state, but he has the blessing of God on his soul. I preached at Cheesecake Meeting House. Here, a people who have a trick of claiming a right to all free meeting houses had shouldered the Methodists out. But the earth helped the woman. The people of the world have built a house for us. We lodged at Mr. Wham's. Friday 2. I feel the effects of my toil. I declined preaching in Brunswick. Joseph Crawford supplied my place. I rode on to B. Drake's. Saturday 3. I crossed Long Ferry to Staten Island. It is like winter here. But what cannot the God of nature and of grace do, physically and spiritually? I viewed the spot where I first landed on the island in October 1771. I am alive, and about my master's work still. Glory, glory, glory. Sabbath 4. At the first meeting Joseph Crawford preached, I only exhorted. At the second meeting house, on the north side, I preached. We lodged at Chushong's. Monday 5. I preached at Elizabethtown and then came on to Newark. After stopping a while, we moved forward to Second River and called a meeting at which Joseph Crawford preached. We have a warm day, the harbinger of spring. Universal nature seems starting into innumerable forms of promise of the fruitful year. Oh, that it may be so spiritually. Tuesday 6. I preached at Belleville and rode on to New York. New York, Wednesday 7. I viewed the ground at Phillips Manor selected for our camp meeting. I felt as if God would be there, in answer to our prayers for nine months past. In the evening we came to Sherwood's Vale, and at night I went to the campground and looked on at the people, busy clearing the ground, fixing the seats, and building the stand. Thursday 8. I rested and wrote. Friday 9 began with a storm, but the people came through it, bringing their tents and baggage, weary with walking. Saturday 10. The weather cleared. Sunday 11. I preached. It was an open season. Companies here and there dispersed, kept up the exercise of singing and prayer through the day, and far into the night. The Brooklyn tent was all prayer the greater part of the time. A marquee had been fixed for the preachers, and provisions came in from both town and country, the brethren from both delightfully meeting in worship and affections. On Monday the people of the world seemed to make a surrender. There was no longer a necessity for guards. There were between eighty and one hundred official members present, about one thousand Methodists, 
and some presumed about six thousand souls were on the ground at different times. The people were so dispersed, and there was such a continual coming and going, I had no means of judging. We had great order and great power from the beginning to the end. I judge two hundred souls were made the subjects of grace in its various operations of conviction, conversion, sanctification, and reclamation. Glory, glory. Wednesday 14. We came to New York. Thursday 15. I recollected myself and wrote letters. Friday 16. The conference commenced its sitting and rose on Thursday. We sat seven hours in each day, in great love, order, and peace. A paper was read setting forth the uncertain state of the superintendency, and proposing the election of seven elders, from each of the seven conferences, to meet at Baltimore, July 4, 1807, for the sole purpose of establishing the American superintendency on a sure foundation. This subject will be submitted to the consideration of all the conferences. The answer to Dr. Koch's letter, by the Conference of New York, was read, to be submitted to all the conferences. I preached three times and ordained three African deacons. We had preaching in the park as well as regularly in the meeting-houses, and a day of fasting and prayer for the health of the city, the success of our conference labors, and the prosperity of Zion. I was greatly supported and blessed. The preachers were, perhaps, never better satisfied with their stations. Connecticut, Sunday 25 I preached at New Haven. After meeting I visited Sister Thatcher, rejoicing in perfect love. Perhaps she is near her end. Since the 16th of April, 1805, I have, according to my reckoning, traveled 5,000 miles. Everlasting glory be to my all-sufficient God. Monday 26. I dined at Meriden and lodged at Mr. Pitkins's, East Hartford. Tuesday 27. I reached Thompson, 45 miles, faint yet pursuing. Wednesday 28. At Milford, the people, young and old, were on the green the active playing at ball, the aged and others looking on. It was election day. Thursday 29, we dined at Mr. Boyle's, Needham, and rode on to Waltham. A few young people are under the operations of grace here, amongst whom are the two children of George Pickering. My namesake, Asbury, aged about ten, and Maria, still younger. And there is a small revival of religion in the district. We rested here on Friday, and I preached at night on Philippians 1, 8-11. Massachusetts, Saturday 31. We have a gracious rain. It was greatly needed. In the evening we rode to Boston. Sunday, June 1. I preached in Boston. As usual with me in this place, it was an open season. Some souls were powerfully moved, myself for one. Monday 2. I took a walk to West Boston to see the new chapel, 84 by 64 feet. The upper window frames were put in. We came to Lynn at 2 o'clock. I preached at 2 o'clock on Haggai 2, 8. Wednesday 2. 
After meeting, we rode as far as Marblehead. Here, Joseph Crawford preached. I find that David Bachelor has been useful in this town. A revival has taken place. Tuesday 3. We came through dust and heat to Enoch Sanborns, East Kingston, 45 miles. We had a ride of about 50 miles to Old Wells on Wednesday. Eight or ten of these we might have saved, had we known the nearest way from Exeter. Maine, Thursday 5. We came to Portland. Joseph Crawford preached. Friday 6. We went towards Buxton to attend the camp meeting. At two o'clock we came on the ground. There were twenty preachers, traveling and local. Saturday 7. I preached, and on the Sunday also. Some judged there were about five thousand people on the ground. There were displays of divine power, and some conversions. Our journey into Maine has been through dust and heat, in toil of body, and in extraordinary temptation of soul. But I felt that our way was of God. Monday 9. We journeyed on through Buxton, Limerick, Parsons Field, Elfingham, into New Hampshire, stopping at Sandwich, to lodge with Mr. Webster. Tuesday 10. Through town after town we came to Dorchester, lodging at Deacon Blodgett's. Canaan brought us up on Wednesday. New Hampshire, Thursday 12. We opened the New England Conference and went through our business with haste and peace, sitting seven hours a day. The York Conference address respecting the superintendency was concurred in, and the seven elders for this conference elected accordingly. We did not, to my grief, tell our experiences, nor make observations as to what we had known of the work of God. The members were impatient to be gone, particularly the married townsmen. Sunday 15. I ordained eleven elders in the woods. At three o'clock I preached in the meeting-house. It was a season of power. Monday 16. I lodged with John Broadhead. Tuesday 17. My labor is great, but I am blessed with a great willingness to duty. We came along through Enfield, Hanover, Lebanon, crossing Connecticut at Lyman's Bridge into Vermont, and kept on by Hartford, Sharon, and Ryletown. We brought up with Samuel Curtis, upon White's River, for the night. Vermont From New Haven to White's River we have made, by computation, 460 miles. I have had sufferings in the flesh, but perfect peace of mind. Wednesday 18. We reached Barnard. I preached to Thomas Freeman's on Acts 26, 17, 18. Here is a lively, large society. We had a full house at a short warning. Our way on Thursday led through Randolph, Brookfield, Williamstown, Northfield, and Berlin. I preached at Samuel Smith's. Friday 20. We came upon Onion River at Montpelier, the contemplated seat of government for the state. I think it eminently well selected. For a site of this kind I know nothing in England or America more suitable. 
At Palmer's Mill I preached on 1 Corinthians 1.30. Saturday 21. Brought us over the heights of Onion River to Russell's Bridge, thence to Bolton and Williston, dining at Brother Bradley's. After dinner we rattled along to Burlington, on Lake Champlain. Here I saw a grand college, equal in exterior to that of New Haven, a state house, meeting house, and other elegant buildings. We passed Shelbourne into Charlotte, on the lake, and put up with Mr. Fuller. We have made forty miles today. I am resolved to be in every part of the work, whilst I live to preside. It will be the best plan to bring on the sessions of all the conferences as early as possible, that there may be time given to all the preachers to go to work in the dawn of spring. The New England Conference should meet about the middle of April, and thus be ready for general conference. I feel as if I was fully taught the necessity of being made perfect through sufferings and labors. I pass over in silence cases of pain and grief, of body and mind. From appearances it would seem no great stretch of imagination to suppose there have been many lakes dried up in this country. Onion River Falls, for instance, must at one time have been a boundary. At this narrow pass, as at Harper's Ferry, on the Potomac, and the French Broad in North Carolina, the weight of waters has broken through the mountain on some day far upward in the history of past ages. They now supply Lake Champlain. On the Sabbath I preached in an upper room at Fuller's, to about four hundred people. My subject was Luke 4, 18, 19, and God bore witness to his own word. Why did I not visit this country sooner? By moving the conferences to an earlier period in the year, it might have been done, and may yet be done. What appeared to me to be impossible, I see now is very practicable. Ah, what is the toil of beating over rocks, hills, mountains, and deserts, five thousand miles a year? Nothing. When we reflect it is done for God, for Christ, for the Holy Spirit, the Church of God, the souls of poor sinners, the preachers of the gospel in the seven conferences, one hundred and thirty thousand members, and one or two millions who congregate with us in the solemn worship of God, oh, it is nothing. Monday 23. At Vergen Courthouse, I preached upon Mark 1, 15. I had to walk up a great hill, a mile, by the Falls of Otter. At Bridport, at six o'clock, I spoke upon Titus 2, 11, 12. Tuesday 24. Passing through Shoreham, Benson, and other towns, we came to Hampton Church at six o'clock. I gave them a sermon upon Hebrews 3, 14 through 16. On Wednesday, we came along by Granville and Salem, down to Cambridge. At six o'clock at Ashgrove, I preached upon Jude 17 to the end. I have traveled 150 miles through New Hampshire, and 220 or more in Vermont. We have sustained more damage than I can tell, by the absence of the preachers, two or three months, at every conference. This is an evil that must be remedied. Oh, how I felt for the people! This was worse than my incredible toil. Help, Lord, for vain is the help of man. 
were it not for the aid we receive from the local and official members, the suspensions of the traveling preachers would ruin us. What is to be done? 1. Meet the conferences early. 2. Engage the official members to more engagedness and labor. 3. Let prayer meetings be more frequent. 4. Let all the probationers stay on the circuits, and let all who are recommended stay on the circuits also, until they can be admitted into the connection. Thursday 26. We came rapidly down the Pike Road to Pittstown, Hussack, Lansingburg, Troy, and Greenbush. On Friday through Skodak and Phillipstown, breakfasting at Mr. Bush's well-conducted stage tavern. And then onward through Lebanon and Canaan, in New York State, and Stockbridge, Old Barrington, and Sheffield, in Massachusetts. On Saturday we came into Connecticut, breakfasting at Salisbury. Our dinner we took on the Sharon campground. Sabbath 28. I preached in camp on 2 Corinthians 6, 2. On Monday we pursued our route through to Dover, and rested with Father Rose a while, dined and went on to Salem in New York State, and slept at Franklin, under the hospitable roof of Father Howes. New York, Tuesday, July 1. We came to Jeremiah Miller's and dined, and reached Elijah Crawford's at the Plains. We have traveled about 500 miles in the state of New York. I may remark here, now that I have time to make the remark, that the Lebanon camp meeting was great as to the numbers which attended, and great in power. We are now in many congregations and classes, reaping the fruits of the conference camp meetings, all through the circuit of New Rochelle, and the Sharon camp meeting will equal, in effect, those of the conferences. We have a few refreshing rains, the promise of rich crops of wheat, and abundant spiritual harvests. Glory to God. Wednesday 2. We came to New York. I had left my little traveling wagon to be sold at the Plains. On Thursday I came on to son Aaron Hunt's. Joseph Crawford came over the ferry with me. When about to part, he turned away his face and wept. Ah, I am not made for such scenes. I felt exquisite pain. New Jersey. At Newark, I lodged with Brother Lee Craft. I felt for, prayed with, and spoke to all the members of this family. Friday, July 4. Noise, parade, 17 rounds, and then to breakfast. I stole away quietly from this bustle towards Rockaway. I stopped at Brother Searman's with Brother M. Lenahan and wife. At Turkey Chapel, I spoke on 1 Corinthians 15.58. It was an open season. When there is a stir amongst the Methodists, other denominations send supplies, if they have not a stationed minister. The process is to hold a weekday meeting, perform a sacrament or a baptism, to place the new convert within the Ark of Safety, and all is done. Now we may stand still, or sit still, and see the salvation of God. I rejoice to hear of the appointment of a camp meeting on Turkey in August. Saturday 5. I came to Germantown, 25 miles, through a pleasant, beautiful, 
fruitful land of hills and vales. The place chosen for the encampment on Turkey I found a handsome height, elegantly sloping to the north. I trust four hundred souls will be converted. May it give new springs and tone to the work of God in the Jerseys. Sabbath 6 At Minard Farley's I preached upon Galatians 6, 9. In the afternoon again upon Acts 20, 32. I was led out in an uncommon degree. May it be the prelude to better days. My first visit here was during the Revolutionary War. Now the children of people not then married are born, grown up and married. After meeting I rode on to Pennytown, housing for the night with Jonathan Burns. Tuesday 8. I was on the road at 5 o'clock. The bridge over the Delaware is said to have cost three or four hundred thousand dollars. I reached Manly Hall about four o'clock. From New Haven to Philadelphia, I judge I have made 1,065 miles, going and returning, and about 1,800 miles since I left the Philadelphia Conference. Much suffering and much toil. Not unto me, but unto thy good providence, O my God, be all the glory. After writing some letters, I preached at Kingston at five o'clock, on Acts twenty twenty-four. On my return, I found a letter from Dr. Chandler, declaring the death of Bishop Watcote, that father in Israel, and my faithful friend for forty years, a man of solid parts, a self-denying man of God. Who ever heard him speak an idle word? When was guile found in his mouth? He had been thirty-eight years in the ministry, sixteen years in England, Wales, and Ireland, and twenty-two years in America, twelve years as presiding elder. Four of this time he was stationed in the cities, or traveling with me, and six years in the superintendency. A man so uniformly good I have not known in Europe or America. He had long been afflicted with gravel and stone, in which afflictions, nevertheless, he traveled a great deal. Three thousand miles the last year. He bore in the last three months excessively painful illness with most exemplary patience. He died in Dover on the 5th of July, and his mortal remains were interred under the altar of the Wesley Dover Church. At his taking leave of the South Carolina Conference, I thought his time was short. I changed my route to visit him, but only reached within 130 miles. Death was too quick for me. End of section 23. Recording by Brian Keenan.